What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. What's going on, good people? I want to welcome everyone to the M-W Tactical Podcast, and thank you for spending a little bit of time with me. This week's show, we're going to go ahead and conclude part two of the interview we had last week with Justin Martin, who is a USPSA match director for Sandhill Shooting Sports out of Lugolf, South Carolina. So that was a pretty lengthy conversation we had when we recorded that interview, but we're going to go ahead and conclude it today so you can actually hear the whole conversation. We're also going to go ahead and bring my main man, Tank Washington, back and hear what he has to talk about this week. And I want to go ahead and talk a little bit about what took place at Palmetto Gun Club in Charleston, South Carolina. I want to go ahead and talk about what Palmetto Gun Club did to their ranges. Over the course of the year, They haven't had many matches out there because they was doing renovations to the range. Now that they open it back up, and this is my first time going out there since their renovation, it is a top-notch club with the renovations. So they put in a lot of work to make it, whereas it can welcome other shooters to come. I want to give a congratulations and a round of applause to Palmetto Gun Club for doing that for the shooting community. You know, thank you. And I'm looking forward to what's to come with Palmetto Gun Club out of Charleston, South Carolina. During this match last weekend, it was a seven-stage match with one classifier stage. And they had some very good stage setups, whereas a couple of them were a little technical, but it was still fun and good at the same time. There was one stage in particular that was a memory stage. And for the life of me, I could not really figure it out how I really wanted it to. But I did it at a slower pace. So I completed that stage in probably 26 seconds. Whereas somebody who was really pushing themselves, they was doing it around, you know, 16, 17, 18 seconds. So, I mean, I wasn't upset about it. It was just that morning during the walkthrough, I was focusing more on the classifier and one or two other stages. Um, It was kind of confusing how they had the stages placements in the bays. And I honestly think I overlooked that one bay, you know, so I didn't get a, a good stage prep on that one. Everything was good. Went ahead, did the classifier. Um, classifier, I ended up getting 61% on it. And by getting 61% on the classifier, that was enough to push me into B class. But I'm still a C class shooter. Only because that classifier that was shot at Palmetto Gun Club is still a classifier that's on my record being used to get the rating to go to B class. So in layman's terms, you just can't use duplicate classifiers to push forward. So I did good on the classifier. 
I just did not remember shooting that classifier in the past to where it's still on record, but it is documented. So I'm still a C-class shooter until I get a classifier that I haven't shot that is on record as of now. During the course of this day, after the classifier stage, I pretty much played it safe because if you've been following me for a couple matches this year, I think I got DQ'd maybe four or five times this year in total. And I had to reprogram myself on applying that safety after I lined the uh, sights on target. Because originally what I was doing when I was pulling the gun out the holster, I was um, engaging the safety and then my finger was already on the trigger. And before I can even point it up, round in the ground. Each time I got DQ, that's pretty much what it was. Overall, it was a great match. Um, no complaints. I had fun. I learned a lot. But the ratings went like this. Overall, I got 17 out of 39. In the limited division, I was number 8 out of 15. And for those who are following C-Class, I was first out of three. If that classifier would have counted, that would have been enough to push me over in the B-Class. But, you know, it is what it is. So we're just going to push forward and see what happens next time. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you can still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. All right, good people. We're back with another episode of the M-W Tactical Podcast, and I have my co-host, Tank Washington, here with me, and we're going to chop it up a little bit about some training um, he went through, which is range officer training. For those of us who shoot, we call it RO training. What's up, Tank? How's it going for you? What's going on, brother? Glad to be here. Hey, that's what it is. So I want to go ahead and dive into this and talk about RO training. Okay, so the benefit of this is we both went through RO training. I did it back in January of 2019, and you dove into it just a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so tell tell me your experience and why did you decide to do this? Uh, well, um, I started uh, competitive shooting back in May, actually, thanks to you setting me up uh, with the seminar that they had up in Mid-Carolina and Columbia. And from there, I just dove into competition, going whenever they would have them, and... I want to say it was September. I officially joined the USPSA. And, <laughs> and I decided to hop in on the RO training, mainly because I wanted to get a more in-depth look at the sport from the official side to learn about rules, procedure, penalties, and so forth, so that I could know, okay, I'm not just out here 
running and gunning or I'm not taking my time making sure I hit all of the A boxes, learning just how speed and accuracy go together to make this sport what it is. Okay. So now you went through, well, let's back this up. Okay. All right. So we met, you were shooting. I spoke to you about competition shooting. You was a little intrigued by it. You was a little intimidated by it. Then you was like, you yeah. know, I'm just going <laughs> to dive into it. So you, you jumped into it. Um, you did it. We talked about some of the things you liked, you didn't like, all right, but you didn't give up on it. All right. Um, so we did that for a minute and then you went into the RO training. Okay. So now you're sitting in the RO training. What is your take compared to the experiences you had with shooting past competitions? Cause you also do, um, well, you do a little bit of, um, the steel challenge shooting. Right. As well. So. Um, in the classroom to actually go through page by page, and break down the rule book, you learn that the sport is a lot more technical than face value. Mm -hmm. um, the instructor we had was Mr. Peter Hernandez, I believe that was his name. Correct. And I mean, great guy, straightforward. You know, he's serious about what he does, but to make sure that you understand the material that he's passing on to you, he'll give you the time to make sure that you're absorbing it, you know, reiterating important points, range commands, strong, strong, strong point to understand. Everything the rule book is set up for is to make sure that everything remains fun and above all safe. Mm -hmm. That is the key point that it is safety above everything else. Safety, safety, safety. Now, one thing I can say about being an, um, any form of an official within the USPSA, it takes a lot of attention to detail. And yes. that can be mentally taxing doing it over and over and over within a four to five hour span of time all day. You know? Right. So, um, like I said, the class that I, I went through with you the second time, because I was just sitting there and I was like, okay, I'm just going to use this as a refresher and, um, you know, pick up on some things that I probably got complacent on or just overlooked overall. Because, you know, anytime you take a class and then you go back and take a second class over a course of time, you pick up a lot more. Right. Which I did. And I'm glad I decided to do that. And like you said, Mr. Hernandez class, um, he is actually a proponent to that attention to detail to ensure safety over everything else. Because just like he said, if you're not having fun, you're not learning. And I've been saying that since I was in the military, you know, um, <laughs> in order for you to learn and retain the information, you have to laugh, you know, right. um, I'm, I'm, I believe that you know, like you don't have to go out there and just make it like a, a comedy show, but it has to be strong points to make that retention, you know, stick. Right. Keep right. it interesting, but stay focused on the point that you're there for. Right. So two day course, first day of the class was pretty much um, discussion, 
understanding the rules and diving into the books. And there was a lot of note taking going on. Yes, absolutely. I think a lot of people honestly thought, and this was your class, right? not my class. Because mm. when I went through my class, I was only focusing on me and understanding the information. <laughs> but it was a big class that I went through. It was like 30, 35 people went through the class that I went through. Um, but when you're sitting there, I, like I said, I believe a lot of those people thought, okay, I'll just pay the 30, 40 bucks, whatever the class costs. Sit here, listen to this guy talk. And now I'm certified to be an RO. Right. No, that is not the case. Not the case at all. Not the case at all. So <laughs> not the case. Now I'm going to back up to when I took the class in January. All mm-hmm. right. So um, I took the class in Myrtle Beach. And I'm already thinking when I went down there, I'm going to take this class. After that, I'm going to go ahead and get a couple laps into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> relax on the beach, chill out, start talking to people. Hey, who's doing, who's doing what party where, you know? Right. Man, I left that class. I went to the room and went to sleep. <laughs> Man, I, I took about a three or four hour nap, woke up, Oh yeah. dove into the books. Um, then of course, you know, the next day you come back, you do like a little refresher, any questions you have and then any points that the instructor feel they miss, then they um, mm-hmm. carry on from wherever they picked up, you know, to finish the instruction portion, classroom portion. And then you go to the range and right. you have to set up everything in the range. And then you have to look at the course that you set up to understand your areas to make sure it's, it's going to be challenging, but fun, but at the same time within the rules. You know, and of of course, you know, the rules go both ways. It goes both for the officials and the shooter because it gives you the equal parameters to um, debate a wrong call or debate stage setup. And, you know, it goes both ways. So it's a system that checks itself overall. Right. The part I didn't like was the test. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to tell you a little secret about me, okay? (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those people that when I'm sitting in a class, I don't necessarily have to take a lot of notes. Um, mm-hmm. I just have this ability that I can just retain certain information. And when I take a test, it's easy for me, you know, especially like if I read a little bit about it, I could just blow, blurt it out. Right. This test, I'm going to say five and a half, five and a half hours later, is when I finished. <laughs> no, no, no job, man. No job. So, oh man, the, the, the test, well, the class went Saturday and Sunday. And then, you know, at the end of the class, the instructor was like, okay, you have um, a month time frame to complete this test, mm-hmm. you know, and it's going to be open for you on Monday, man. I'm going to go ahead and take this test on Monday. I ain't going to worry about it. Cause I'm going to pass it and I'm going to be RO certified. Man, I took that test. I think I took a nap in between, made like two meals. <laughs> I was like, holy cow, man, this is horrible. And then I failed the first test because, you know, your percentages, you got to make like an 85 on it. 
Right. And I think on the first test, I made uh, 83. I just barely missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I, I took the next test, and I want to say it was like a 94, 93, 94 on it or something like that. So how, how was your test experience with that <laughs> RO test? <laughs> well, before I actually get to the test, I'm going to back it up to between the first day and second day. Okay. Um, after the first day of class, that was my first thought process. Go lay down, get some rest, you know, chill out. But I was there with my lady, so we went to get something to eat. And being that it was still kind of early, we decided to go and catch a movie. Mm-hmm. Well, while we're sitting in the movie, I start having chest pains. And I'm waiting on the movie to start. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's just gas or something, you know, chill out, it'll pass. Well, the feeling didn't pass. So I'm not one to really ask for help. I'm not one to really go to seek medical attention, even sometimes when I know that I need it. But this particular time, I was freaked out. So I was like, yeah, let's let's go and get this checked out. So I ended up in the ER until about two in the morning. So my second day almost didn't happen. Um, Still not quite sure what was going on with me. They ran all kinds of tests. All of my levels came back normal. Um, EKG was normal. So whatever it was, I have no idea, but I was able to go back the second day, complete the actual physical portion of the class and move on to the test. One thing that I was extremely happy about, well, actually two things. One, Mr. Hernandez told us that we could print the test out before we actually took it. And the second thing was, he said, as you go along, even if you don't finish it in the first day, the system would save your progress. So what I did was I printed the test out and I took it on paper first, going through double, triple checking my answers to make sure that I had everything right. You said it took you about five and a half hours? Yeah, the first time. I took 29 of the 30 days before I even took the first attempt at the test. That's how nervous I was. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm like, nope, I'm not putting any answers in this thing until I'm absolutely sure. And on my first attempt, technically I made a 98, but I added one too many decimal points on one of my answers, so it didn't give me credit for it. So I made a 97 on the test. Nice, 97, wow. I think that's the highest I heard anybody (laughs) making on the test. (laughs) (laughs) Probably would have done better than that, but I screwed up going too fast, and I think I got two questions mixed up. And I put the answer for one. Well, I got it right on the other one, but the first question, I think it was question number two on my test, was the one that I actually got wrong. And I actually had to come to you for confirmation on two of them as well, because I knew the answers, but I had trouble finding the rule to support it. One of them I was completely overlooking. I read it six or seven times, but it didn't click. That's the answer that you're looking for. And the other one, I was just completely oblivious to it. I was like, okay, wait, I know this, 
but where does it say this specific wording in the rule book? And I definitely have to thank you for coming through and showing me where that was. No, that's all good, man. Uh, and it's like I said, a lot of it is just um, wordplay. They'll throw in the and, but, though. <laughs> right, absolutely right. You know, and you're just focused on that that main talking point versus as that one little rule that, you know, it was just a suggestion or right, it right. could have been, <laughs> you know, but you got to A lot of stuff is open to interpretation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's exactly what it comes to, especially when you're dealing with that rule book and it's, you know, as in-depth as it is. And just mm-hmm. like anything else, it can get in more improvement, but make it more clear. It's the answer can be two different answers. It's just a matter of right. you diving into it to figure out which one it is. Right. You know? And on the pretest, just to see where your knowledge was before you even took the test, that was one thing that I ran into. That's what it is. Right? Yeah. Like <laughs> that thing had me completely blown because it's a two part, it's a two part pre exam. One, you take just raw knowledge base. The second part is open book to have you go in and find the stuff. On that first part, I was second guessing myself so bad. Oh my God. I bombed the crap out of that thing. I think I made a 43. And I'm going back and I'm looking at the answer. I'm like, oh my God, that was what I had. Why'd I change it? And I'm just beating myself up. So I was really, really shook going into the class. And then there's a 50 question exam after that. I'm like, oh crap. (laughs) So yes, I definitely took my time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 29 days? Yeah, you did. Yes. I think according according to the system, it said I took 42,005 hours to actually, from start to finish, complete it. I was like, darn, I didn't know it was like active, active, but okay. No, you mean 42,000 minutes, not hours. I mean, uh, 42,000 minutes, I'm sorry. The test still got you nervous, man. <laughs> Look, man. Anxiety, PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it is. So I've always said, like, anybody who's diving into competition shooting, they should actually take the RO course because not only do you get a better understanding of how the course is set up and the rules to manage the course, it overall makes you a better shooter because you know how to yes. tackle it from the other end as well. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and you can do a better job of maintaining your own scores once you realize exactly how a score is calculated and what a hit factor actually means. Correct. That's what it is. So what's the most challenging part going to a competition match that you had to deal with both as a shooter? And I'm not certain if you did any RO work yet, but just from a shooter and an RO perspective. Um, I would have to say the actual shooting part. Um, when I first got into it, I had never done any shooting and moving. I had done some formal training, but it was just basic level one training where you're in a static position shooting at a static target. Um, I attempted 
some level two, level three stuff, but I didn't fare very well much at all. And then my first official match, I had so many malfunctions on the first stage with my firearm. Like I almost quit because I was just, my mind was blown, but is I- the, Is that the stage where you did some work to the magazines? No, 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 I did some work to the firing pin screen. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> okay, continue. I can admit now, I am not a gunsmith. I am not an armorer. I do not tinker with my firearms anymore. I take them to the professionals to have the work done. <laughs> I learned my lesson that day. Oh my gosh, it was horrible. But basically just getting over the anxiety of performing in front of people because you never know what's gonna happen. I mean, you can completely smoke the stage and do great. Then again, you could do like I did on the very first time and just have the worst possible day. Mm-hmm. And that was where I was headed. But thankful to the rule that says, hey, if you have a backup firearm and your primary is malfunctioning, you can switch. So I was able to finish the competition. Hmm. I didn't finish dead last, so I was happy about that. <laughs> but I definitely learned my lesson about not messing with parts of my firearm that I don't understand. Right. Yeah. Well, like I said, the rules actually helped you out in that situation. Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah, because most people would have just packed up and left. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to say that I'm a very prideful person, but I have a high outlook of myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I could have left that day, me being who I am and just flat out giving up without trying to do something else, even if I had to see if it was possible to borrow someone else's gut. Right. There was a... Yeah, I was going to say, if I was in that same situation, I think that's the route I would have went. Somebody who I'm actually cool with, and I know they trust me, I trust them, and just ask them if I can use their firearm, and of course, you know, barter some type of deal. Whereas, um, you know, hopefully they have enough bullets to go around, but... (laughs) The biggest thing was um, there was a stage that had a piece of equipment that was something like a Texas star, but a little different. Mm -hmm. That thing was a humbler. Yes. It definitely was. And that combined with me and my wonky gun, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was really the straw right there. And even though I had shot out so many rounds and so much time had passed, like I said, my pride would not let me quit. I could not. Even though that stage whooped my behind, I had to finish it. I didn't care how many bullets. And I think of, I think I might have had six magazines on me that particular day. Of the six magazines, I used every single round that I had, and these are 22 round magazines, every single round that I had on that one stage between malfunctions and misses before I actually cleared the stage. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I was worn out. I was worn out. We got to the end, and I was given the command, if you were finished unload show clear, I was like, yeah, I'm in slide lock, so it's empty. <laughs> well, I will honestly say this. If you're into the sport of shooting, whether it's just a weekend thing or you're someone who's trying to dive into it, seriously, to set a goal, meet a goal, regardless if it's IDPA, three-gun, two-gun, or USPSA, look into what it would take to dive into becoming an, an official to officiate a match where you understand the rules so the knowledge can be spread across more fairly. Um, do you agree to that or not, Mike? I absolutely agree. Hey, that's it right there. All right, so once again, Tank, go ahead and tell me um, – how can the people look you up and reach out to you and check out these videos you putting out? On YouTube, you can find me at What's Up Tank Washington. On Instagram, it's The Specialist 69. Gun reviews, training videos, competition, photos, the works. You can find me there. Hey, that's it right there. Go look my man Tank Washington up and stay tuned for the rest of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Woodland from m-wtactical.com and co-host of the Black Man with a Gun podcast. We are reaching out to ask everyone that is in earshot to help us raise money to put four law enforcement officers in jiu-jitsu training for a year. We are looking to raise the money two ways. First, if you live in the state of South Carolina and want to get your concealed weapons permit, the instructor fee will go towards the campaign. The second way is you can donate $50 to gofundme.com forward slash LEO training. The goal is to raise $4,000. Again, we are looking to get 80 people to help contribute $50 to put four law enforcement officers through jiu-jitsu training for a year. This act will be presented in the name of the 2A community. Now we're going to go ahead and jump into a little bit of Word on the 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 Are you looking to get into competition shooting? If so, stay tuned to future shows. A friend of ours is putting on an endeavor that might interest those who want to take some classes before diving into any form of competition shooting. More information to come. This weekend, if you are in the South Carolina area, registration is open for those who are interested in doing some USPSA action in Augusta, Georgia. Sign up on Practice Score and look up Pine Tucky USPSA and hop on a squad while space is still available. If you would like for me and the crew to come out and shoot a USPSA match with you, email us at info at m-wtactical.com and let's plan it out. USPSA Action Battle at the Beach. Registration is still open for this level two match and ready to see if you can tame the Battle at the Beach starting on 23 April of 2020. Spots are filling up fast and was just briefed by the match director, Mike Fritz. There are some Friday slots still open and Saturday is filling up just as fast. Get in on the action and pick a day that is best for you while slots are still open. This USPSA match was a lot of fun last year and sure, the challenges stages will make it more fun for 2020. Visit www.lowcountryuspsa.com for more information.
Are you looking to contribute to a worthy cause that pays it for it? Visit GoFundMe.com forward slash L-E-O training and help us raise money to put some law enforcement officers into jiu-jitsu training for a year at no cost to them or the department. Thank you for all those who contributed already who helped us raise a little over $1,000 for the $4,000 total goal. Again, visit GoFundMe.com forward slash L-E-O training and donate to our campaign. Everyone who donates will get recognized on social media, but if you donate $50 or more, you will get a video shout out personally thanking you. Visit GoFundMe.com forward slash LEO training. Kevin Dixie is hosting his second annual Teach and Learn event. It's a three-day event taking place on Memorial Day weekend, 22 through 24 May, in Lettington, Missouri, for those who are looking to become more involved in the shooting industry in some way. For those who are interested, you can sign up by going to eventbrite.com and search for NOC Second Annual Train and Learn Event. We are bringing Steve Anderson from andersonshooting.com to Columbia, South Carolina, 9 through 10 April. The class will be taking place on a Thursday and Friday. Then that Saturday, 11 April, is a USPSA match. If you are in the class, you may get the chance to get coached by Steve Anderson himself. Go to the M-W Tactical Facebook page for more information for how to sign up for this course. You will have to sign up for this class on practice score. Hello everyone. This is Michael Woodland from m-wtactical.com and co-host of the Black Man with a Gun podcast. We are reaching out to ask everyone that is in earshot to help us raise money to put four law enforcement officers in jiu-jitsu training for a year. We are looking to raise the money two ways. First, if you live in the state of South Carolina and want to get your concealed weapons permit, the instructor fee will go towards the campaign. The second way is you can donate $50 to gofundme.com forward slash LEO training. The goal is to raise $4,000. Again, we are looking to get 80 people to help contribute $50 to put four law enforcement officers through jiu-jitsu training for a year. This act will be presented in the name of the 2A community. This week, we're going to listen to part two of the conversation with Justin Martin, who is a USPSA match director for Sand Hill Shooting Sports in Lugol, South Carolina. We spoke for over an hour and want to share the conversation with everyone who may be considering taking a deeper role into the sport of shooting or just want to know more about Sand Hill Shooting Sports and their staff. This was a two-part interview, so we're going to go ahead and play part two of the interview with Justin. Now, um, outside of that, we already know you do USPSA, you do other organizations, fundraisers with special groups like the Weld Armed Women. Um, are there any other matches, Steel Challenge, IDPA, Three Gun or Two Gun, Turkey Shoots, anything else Sand Hill sponsors? Yeah, and quite honestly, all of that. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so we usually keep a pretty fairly heavy schedule through the year where we try to get all those things in. Uh, sometimes we can't, uh, depending on the schedule, you know, my schedule and 
and the rain, uh, the weather schedule and, and things like that. But yeah, we do, um, uh, usually every year, except this year, they, they didn't have a, a turkey shoot before Thanksgiving, but they had, uh, that, like I said, they had some falling, falling steel. Mm-hmm. They have, um, uh, USPSA, like I said, and, and three gun. Um, and so we were a, a three gun nation, um, range, but we're going to, uh, probably go outlaw next year. Uh, we haven't quite decided how we're going to do that yet, but regardless, I'm still going to go three gun and, uh, and, but that still gives us the opportunity. That doesn't necessarily mean I have to run three gun every time we do a three gun match. Uh, I can say it's two gun, you know, pistol, Mm -hmm. pistol rifle, or I can say pistol shotgun, or I can just say shotgun, you know, we can do it any way we want to. Uh, and I kind of listen to what everybody is wanting. Uh, sometime during the year, there's a, a shotgun, uh, IDPA shotgun, you know, uh, match. And, and a lot of people are going to attend it and it's pretty well attended. And, and so they want practice with that. So I'll put on a shotgun match instead, you know, and get everybody some heavy shotgun time, you know, shooting clays and, and spinners and, and knock down steel, things like that. Um, so it does give us, it affords us the opportunity to pretty much do whatever we want to do. Um, and we could, we could before too, but, um, but I just try to listen and see what people want. Um, if people are getting, starting to get in the mood for a a two gun or, or a a carbine match, you know, with a PCC or, or a rifle, then, you know, we'll go heavy paper and we'll just, we'll, and we'll put some steel pretty far out and then, and then have a, have a, a carbine match. That's what it is. Yeah. So right now I'm looking on the website and I'm looking and it states on the third Sunday of the month is the USPSA match. Mm-hmm. And then um looking on three gun right now and three gun is the fourth Sunday right. of every month. And then the still challenge match is the fifth Saturday of every month. And then also see on here, um, it talks about the well-armed woman. Yep. We already talked about, which was the third Saturday of the month before the USPSA match. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have a pretty full calendar going on right there. It is. It's, it's busy. You know, so we, we try to, we try to get, you know, you have to stay busy, you know, keep it busy like that, you know, or, you know, we, there was a few months this year that, that we didn't run a match for various reasons. Uh, you know, one of them was I wanted to shoot another match, <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> so, uh, so the only opportunity to do that is, is it may fall on one of those weekends that we normally have our match. And so, and then we didn't, we don't have a, a backup match director. If we had a backup match director, then this wouldn't be a problem, but Right now it's just me, uh, so uh, so yeah. We just um, we just keep rolling as best we can. Uh, sometimes the rumors are, hey, Sand Hills hadn't hadn't had a match in a while. What well, you know? Uh, well, they're extenuating circumstances. Like we might only have fifteen people sign up for for a three gun match, and quite honestly, I can't build it. You know, for for a fifteen person, I, right. you know. 
it's not worth that the time that it takes for me to put it out and and all that for for 15 people so i try to make it a, a minimum of 20 people 20 shooters uh and and uh, and then i'll put it on all day long you know <laughs> right. but but for 15 it's kind of difficult and if it gets if it doesn't look like it's going to get over that i'll we'll just we'll cancel it for that month so there's a few months like that uh this year too and and one of the problems with three gun in particular uspsa not so much we get a pretty good regular crowd going in and out of there and it doesn't matter what kind of major matches have been going on all around our area our region um but three gun um that that type of uh, those matches they're going on more and more now major matches multi-day matches uh you can pretty much go one a month uh pretty easily within our you know southeast area southeast uh you know the united states here you know all the way from you know georgia down to florida up to north carolina you can pretty much get a, a match in every month a major match and so people will come out to, to tune up and get ready for a major match but when there's when there's that many matches going on uh then it, it dilutes it and people are going to those matches those major matches and then not attending the local match so sometimes we have a hard time filling filling those up and i really do think it's because there are so many great matches out there today right i know um whenever i talk to somebody and let's just say between um charlotte and here yeah if i talk to 10 people in between these two cities and it's in reference to firearms out of those 10 people i would say six of them will invite me to come out and shoot a three-gun match with them yeah you know? and then that's, that's of, the way three gun is yes <laughs> and then out of those six people maybe two people will probably say hey come to the match with me at sandhill mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and um i know rachel myers she asked me like three or four times to come with her but every time she asked me to come with her i had something else i had to do or someplace else i had to be you know yeah. so it was never a gig on three gun and um to be honest i did three gun two times already mm-hmm. now the last time i did it um i had just got out of the military because the first time i did it i was in the military and of course i didn't pay for the rounds or the equipment right. <laughs> so I, all i do was hey let me get this let me borrow that and um when mm-hmm. i got out of course you know i didn't have the carriers for the shotgun so they let me stage my ammo um on the barrels and the tables for my shotgun right but it was pretty expensive <laughs> so, yeah so that was hard to kind of turn me off a little bit mm-hmm. but um it wasn't too expensive to be like oh this is going to break the bank it was kind of expensive because you have to know what to load before the match mm-hmm. right versus yeah. uspsa you know i can just make you know or go out and buy seven eight hundred bullets a month and say mm-hmm. okay this is for these three matches yeah you know a lot of matches you're not going to shoot over 150 to 200 you know yeah but true three gun is a different category it <laughs> is. and yeah uh ammo the equipment you know three guns three three times expense right mm-hmm. so um but and, and even like different kind of ammo for the same gun uh for your rifle if you have long distance you're going to have some heavier bullets 75 to 77 grain bullets you know for your long range and then you know uh you know 55 grain for for some burner 
you know, close up paper targets, things like that. Um, and then your, your shotgun is going to have bird shot and depending on it, maybe you have spinners. So you go kind of heavy on the, on the shot, you know, yeah. <laughs> or, or say, let's also say, you know, slugs. So right. that's two different ammos right there or three different for that shotgun and two different for your rifle. Pistol can pretty much stay the, stay the same ammo, but yet there's a lot that goes into it. Um, for my matches at Sand Hills, I try to make a, a lower round count. Um, not that I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to scare people off who, with large round counts and and extend that match all the way till like, you know, four thirty in the afternoon from eight mm -hmm. o'clock to four thirty. Um, it's 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 not that kind of match. It's it's a it's a get get your get your gear straightened out, get your uh, mind straight, get your your tactics straight, and get you ready for those major matches. And that that's kind of that's what the way I've kind of been doing uh, Sandhills lately with uh, three gun. And a lot of times we're out of there. It's probably, I know it's less than a hundred pistol. It's less mm -hmm. than probably 50 shotgun uh, uh, bird shot. Mm -hmm. And, um, and probably about 60 rifle. So it, you know, there's, there's small round counts. Um, so you, you don't feel, you know, strapped so bad. Uh, right. If you're PTC, also you can use uh, use that same round that you use for your pistol. You know, right. <laughs> yeah. PTC also. Yeah, cross loaded. Yeah, but pistol and shot and and your PCC are are two different weapons, right? Right. So so the this, the stage may call for you to engage certain targets with the pistol, and there are other targets with the rifle, which would be the PCC. Right. So, so you know, if you keep your ammo to, to the same, then then you're, you're even better off. But, yeah. but uh, yeah, uh, that's that's the reason why I, I try. I've been trying to keep keep them kind of low low round count, but make them a little technical. You know, some movement, some thinking while you're doing it. Uh, so so that uh, it makes it more interesting. Right. So I noticed that um, a lot of times. Cause you know, I go out in the city a lot and I just try to educate people on firearms mm -hmm. and you will be surprised at how many people did not know the rights they have with firearms. Right. You know? And, um, and of course, every time I talk to somebody, I always invite them, Hey, come on out to the range with me. All right. Let's put a gun in your hand instead of talking about it. Um, mm -hmm. of course, you know, my favorite people to talk to are the anti-gunners, the people that, thinks you need to take all the guns away but mm -hmm. um out of the 30,000 people that I spoke with and I'm exaggerating that number um I went to the range over the past 2 weeks with um three different people and I I'm not saying I changed their way of looking at firearms but I think it opened their minds yeah you know what I'm saying um I think you I think you you definitely opened their minds you know yeah. Because if they're not even willing to to touch a firearm, learn how to be safe with it, and how to how to be accurate with it, then then they have nothing to fall back on. Exactly. Except for misconceptions. Yeah, and like I said, you can't debunk the truth. Facts. You cannot debunk facts. 
<laughs> you know. So and um and once you actually show them um the safe measure and when they do something wrong, you correct them without you know scolding them. Sure. And of course, you know, they understand, oh, y'all actually follow these rules. Yeah, because if you don't follow these rules, everybody's gonna get hurt, and we don't want everybody to get hurt, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing. You know, we have these match, we're talking about these matches that we go to, right? And ours is a small match, you know, it could be as small as big as 60 people, but you and I have gone to matches that are a couple hundred people, right? Right. <laughs> a couple hundred people with three guns and all that ammunition, nobody got shot. Right. So, so there, there's two reasons. One, because there are safety rules in place and they're followed. And if you don't follow them, you leave the range without shooting. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it. You know? Yeah. And so, so there's that and, and that and the people who are 200 people who know these rules, who abide by these rules, who live for the most part by these rules are safe with guns. And there are, I, I've only heard of like two accidents that ended in fatalities in, in shooting sports. Mm. And it was, I think they both involved a drop gun, a drop pistol. Uh, so over over the hundreds of thousands of competitors that shoot and and hundreds of thousands of matches that have been put on two i mean right i think you probably have a better luck a better chance of getting run over on your under off your, your street you know right out your front door right <laughs> so so that's you know that safety of the safety of it of of it is what makes it you know gives us the ability to to say these things you know and that those are facts you can't dispute those right. but um but educating people who don't understand that who only hear what's on cnn or get get the you know facts the incorrect facts given to them then they're not going to change their mind unless you do what you do mm -hmm. and uh, invite them to the range and put a gun in their hands and make them be safe and then I think that light will come on. Yeah, I've, I've always said if you want to bring more people to the range, especially minorities, mm -hmm. um, the best way to do it is to do it in an educational format. Because, of course, if you make it free, it's going to attract more people. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. And by it being free, you will get the curious but then you will get the people that, hey, I've always wanted to do this. Let's go. Then again, mm -hmm. that person might catch the bug and be like, hey, I want to go shoot every weekend. Hey, what's this competition match you're talking about? And then next mm -hmm. thing you know, they're number 10 in the nation with shooting. <laughs> you know? That's right. So, um, but I was actually thinking about going around to the various clubs and asking if they could do that probably like once or twice in the summertime months or once in the springtime and once in the fall or something like that. For what? Just to see what the turnout would be like to bring, um, a free clinic. Mm -hmm. um, and actually I got that idea when I was out at, um, mid Carolina and what they did was they did, a, um, like an introduction to competition shooting. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you was interested in, um, USPSA or, IDPA and even still challenge. They had a stage that complemented each one. And I right. think they had okay. four stages set up, but 
it wasn't a clinic like, okay, we're just going to open this up to everybody. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It was just, okay, if you're interested in the shooting, but I had the idea after watching how it was set up there, like, yeah, I wonder if I can go to all the other clubs in the area and ask them if they're willing to give a free clinic for everybody to bring people out. Yeah. You know? So, but then again, like I said, that's a lot of planning, but you know, I don't know what your protocol is out at Sand Hill to go out to Mick Carolina and ask them to do the same thing. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of planning and um, resources. So. Yeah, no, I mean, we've, um, we've kicked around the idea of a, um, basically a, a three gun one one you know, right. uh, I'm not uh, a pro shooter by any means, <laughs> uh, there, but there are some things that I have learned, right. you know, uh, and and I'm willing to impart any any good knowledge that I have, you know, to people who want to shoot. Um, so we haven't finalized any anything about that yet, but that is one of the things that we were um, talking about putting together is a three gun 101 and even even a USPSA 101 would be great. Right. Uh, and depending on the uh, the how many people we get interested in it, then, you know, maybe we can, uh, you know, give it for free or, or, you know, a uh, low cost anyway, you know, uh, recover, recover some of the paper costs or, you know, some of the target costs. It's something like that. Right. Uh, and yeah. And just, and just for getting people into the sport, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I say, I say it's, it's difficult to get people in the sport, but, but then, you know, if if you offer that first hit, then then things uh, all of a sudden people will start. Oh, I got to do this again and, and want to come to it. So so we do have to, as an industry, you know, think about you know giving you know more mm-hmm. you know for free right. close to it in order to get back um, get those people into our sport. Yeah, and, and it's like I said, a lot of it is education. And once you actually give the education side of it, I think it will open up the larger platform of what the ultimate goal will be, which will be bringing people more into the sport mm-hmm. at the same time, fulfilling other duties to keep the sport going. You know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's exactly. like a recruiting tool. Like, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it will work out. Yeah. We're um, even some of my, uh, my buddies at the, we have a, a small group of guys that, shoot um but we we all work together at blue cross mm-hmm. for our, our, our real jobs right <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh our, our gun money jobs um and we we were thinking of, of ways to get recruitment up basically mm-hmm. and one of those ways is to like bring a buddy so to the match um right. and even if it takes you know us funding it you know uh and and even you know, lending our shot, our guns, you know, cause they're not, it's, it's hard to get equipped for three gun, of course. Right. But again, you get these people, you know, give people a little taste of it and it's a free drug, man. They, <laughs> after that they're hooked. And then, oh, and then next, you know, you're buying shotguns and rifles and <laughs> competition pistols. And then they're out yeah. there, you know, every weekend, you know? And uh, so, so yeah, we had kind of a, like a bring a buddy, somebody who's, they're interested they're they keep saying they're interested and they they want to come out 
tell him, what are you doing this Sunday? You know, come out with me to this match. It doesn't mean anything just, and shoot my guns and, and have a good time. And, and, and then next thing you know, the next match they're paying, they're paying, they're bringing their ammo, they're bringing their guns, things like that. Yeah. Like I said, if you want to, um, you know, I'm willing to sit down and brainstorm with you on, um, different measures of how to do something like that um, mm-hmm. down offline. Cause we can sit here all night and talk about it <laughs> going mm-hmm. on to two o'clock. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But so if anybody's in the Columbia, South Carolina area and you want to visit Sand Hill shooting sports in Lugolf, South Carolina, you can actually look them up by going to 25 Mesa lane, Lugolf, South Carolina, two nine zero seven eight. Or give them a call at 803-310-7977. Or yep. visit them online at sandhillshootingsports.com and get in touch with them and they'll answer all your questions. So once again, um, like I said, hit my man Justin up by going to sandhillshootingsports.com or just come out to the range, pay him a visit, shake his hand, and ask all the questions you like. That's right. Now RO certified. So. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right, Justin. Hey, I, I thank you um, for coming on to the show. And anytime you want to come on, just hit me up and you can talk about anything you got going on. Or if you just want to talk and hang out, I'm all for it. All right. Thanks, Michael. All right. Thank you. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is. I think second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you can still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you cannot wait for Tuesday, go and listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m w-tactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can't even purchase m-w tactical apparel but please go to our facebook and instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the 2a community until next week keep shooting keep practicing and have fun